0: The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays, 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 7, The, the score. score. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller.
2: Mark Brody will join us from the combine. The Bryce Young thing, Yeah, I was talking to somebody, and they're like, he's not going to list at 6 feet tall. He's going to be 5'11 or 5'10. One guy on Twitch says he's mad at me because I'm giving out the trade secrets. 5'9 guys say they're 5'11. 5'10 guys say they're 6 feet.
0: Yeah, new no Timberlands? Yeah, a no whole little man. I'm up two inches on these babies. Really? 5'8", five 5'7". Five Jerry! Mia, It's been years. George, this is Nina. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Women know, though. We Women know. know Layla, right? We know. Well, I'm not a good judge. I'm 5'3", and everybody's taller than me, so I don't really care.
3: Yeah, but when you're looking at a dating profile or the prospective candidate in your life, and they say that they're six feet tall, you're not going to believe it, are you? I like, don't, you everybody's
0: taller than me. If-
1: Wait a minute, Nina just saw me in my Timberlands. Now I have to wear them every time I see her. Yeah. Why? In any other shoe, I lose two inches. I, I can't have a drop down. We were eye to eye. I can't go eye to
2: chin. So you're going to wear them no matter what the situation? In every situation, no matter how silly I look. A three uh, three one Texer says, Team 5'10 and a half, but I'm fat enough where I have to be honest about it on dating sites. <laughs> Honesty wow. is the
1: best policy, people. Hey, are you getting taller?
2: <laughs> Timberlids. <laughs> I don't lie about it
3: anymore, Layla, but let's be honest. The word six feet tall over 5'11, it just sounds so much better. And it's just a tiny little difference.
0: That's it's marketing. <laughs> I, I love that. George, you've been wearing those boots since I met you. You're not going to wear them to the wedding, are you? No. I wear black shoes.
2: That's what it is. It's I'm, marketing when you go on the dating site. I'm
0: just not here for it. Like, be
2: a good person. 708 texter. I'm 5'9 and always go 5'11". I'm trying to tell you. Whoa, because I mean, it you can't do that. And it's hard to guess, especially when I wear shoes. Are
4: those Timberlands painted black? For all the Texans
2: that are asking, you can't be a short king unless you're under 5'6".
4: By the way, you can take off those boots. Everyone knows you're
3: 5'6". 5'8".
0: 5'7". How long does it take to make a lame Seinfeld reference anyway? (laughs) Bernstein and Holmes on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Well, that sounded like fun. See, I'm 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 five eight,
3: and I know I'm five eight, and there's no reason to pretend I'm not.
2: Well, you don't have to be out in these streets anymore. That's right. I'm probably shrinking anyway. Oh no, yeah. they
3: did measure me recently, so no, I am. I, I'm I'm still five. I was five eight. I'm still five eight.
2: And the best part is that then we had Tucker Barnhart on, and he copped. To- he said exactly what we were talking about. On Baseball Reference, it says he's five eleven. He's like, nope, I'm five nine. And I lied to everyone around baseball so they would make me 5'11". It's great. great. I can't wait for you to hear the Tucker Barnhart stuff.
3: I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy the Cubs have him. Uh, He's, uh, by by all accounts, one of the – I don't know if he's a manager in waiting, but one of these guys that understands all that comes with being a catcher, with having your eyes on the whole field and dealing with pitchers and and everything. I know he can't – he might as well not bring a bat with him to the
2: box. But – I mean, you're going to be, it's, it's when, after it was done, like I thought about it, like, cause you know, like I'm really stupid after shows, like immediately after shows, when I got home, I was like, Dan's going to really enjoy a portion of that interview. And I told Ray, like immediately, like we need to bring that back. So we'll, we'll bring a portion of it back a little bit later on in the show. How was, uh, how was the travel to Bucknell? It was incredible. It was amazing.
3: It was the, the travel ended up being fine. The experience there, what a place, what a uh, when, you, when, when you know your kid has found the right fit, and the same thing with our daughter at, at Denison, we're, we were very, very lucky to have a, a process that ended up with a place where he, he didn't want to go home. How about that? He, did, he didn't want to go home. And he's like, man, I got how many more, three more months of high school? I don't want, he said, high school feels small and young and weird. And he goes, I just want to stay. He said, I want to hide in, in some dorm room and just stay here. And I said, you got to wait. But the anticipation is part of the excitement. It's part of the joy of it. And I, He's let
2: me, got a bad case of senioritis. Yes and no. I mean, he knows the
3: grades have to stay up. But, but just if, let me just give you this this piece of advice. And this is from a lot of conversations that I've had, especially recently. If you are a parent... Of a, of a high school kid. You're you're embarking on the college process or you're, you're, your son or daughter is a junior and they are trying to do early decision. I know there's early action. There's ED1, there's ED2. In the time of the common app where kids are, you know, we applied to four schools. The generation 10 years ago applied to eight schools. Kids are applying to 20, 25 schools, some 30 schools now. Because of the common app, and it's thrown everything into chaos. Every school is 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 good, and every school's hard to get into because mm-hmm. they don't know their yields, because they don't know who is going to go when they accept. So, and I was having a conversation with the uh, one one of the admissions people at, at Bucknell, and they and when they looked around that room and they said, "This this is the ED kids. These are the kids who committed to being here. We want to build our class." Based on our hand-selected choices of the people who will commit to us, so the advantages that you gain and the ability that you get to to one determine you know make that decision. I want to go here, and the school reciprocates it. if you want to go here, we will we, we want to make sure that you have that chance that you meet our criteria that you fit. So you get that, and you get the fact that your your kid is then that stress level that it gets six months or more of being done with everything. Like the value of that, of just being done with everything, it gives you an advantage. It gives your kid a leg up on everything to get started with knowing where they're going to go. And now with Snapchat and Instagram and all these abilities to make contact with all of their incoming, he's got 30 people that he just met at this thing. And now it's like, oh, yeah, he knows he's all they're already starting out socially
2: yeah he just like left you yeah he went. Uh,
3: <laughs> he he said, like, you go back to the hotel i got invited to a party <laughs> like, what do you mean you got invited to a party we've been here been here for one morning he's like yeah there's there's a, there's a party at a house <laughs> like, what do you mean there's a party at a house i said be safe stay in touch and i i love it. it was like
2: seniors and juniors and i re- th- like i truly love that he's like thanks for the flight dad Go back to your hotel room, old man. <laughs> go I got hotel.
4: stuff
3: to do. No, seriously, send me back to the hotel. I, he's like, I'm I'm going to a party. Oh, oh, all right. And then he gets a ride home from like, who's that? Like, oh, that's Sydney. Who's Sydney?
2: Well, you don't have to put Sydney's business out in these streets.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just saying. She's, I'm like, okay. All right. She seems very nice. I'm like, and he, like I don't want to go home. You got to go home, kid. You got to finish up high school. So I don't want to. But then, yeah, my advice is if you, if when you're doing this, really, really look at these, unless, unless you've just got no clue and no concept of what's going on, go ED because it's, it, it, it is a commitment.
2: But, the, but it's, it's, it's worth that leap of faith. It seemed like Bucknell's event, too, was pretty good. Oh, they're,
3: they're, they're awesome. Like,
2: I, I really do like the idea of getting to campus and seeing how campus works. A little bit more than like a visit, like actually being on campus. There's a lot of value to that.
3: Teachers were talking, I mean different people in different disciplines talking about housing and talking about scheduling and and the I mean the president was fabulous. And you know, we ate in the cafeteria and we walked around, we looked at all the athletic facilities and I mean everything was, was just it just phenomenal. Then they had a parents breakout social and a kids social where they go by themselves. Get- were you social? Yeah. You know, we're all in the same boat. The only difference is he's the only kid in his class from the city of Chicago. Okay. There's a couple suburban kids. One person from Wilmette, one from Lake Forest, and that's it. Everybody else is New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Massachusetts, almost entirely Northeast. And there's like one kid from Texas and one kid from Wisconsin and one kid from California. And a lot of them are some of the recruited athletes there too, but it's – it's they don't people hear oh you're from Chicago oh my god oh wow is you that, live in the city right? you're in the city of Chicago are you okay how, how many guns do you have how many guns do you have to have do you want a tank so it's 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 a lot of that but really really nice and then there was one of my uh, college classmates really yeah I walk in I'm like Doug he's he hey how's it going this is my daughter I'm like oh okay cool hadn't seen him since college that's we exciting. played basketball together it was uh, yeah it was really nice so. Well, I'm glad that you had a good time. People Sorry, were concerned on. Well, ab- uh, about you leaving. I was concerned about me leaving, but we, but it's all good. It wasn't, like I say, not health-related. Everything was fine. And a lot has happened since I left trying to follow everything. Got back just in time to watch a full Bulls basketball game. Congratulations. God, God that team makes me ill. Just makes me just, just ill. Speaking of which, let's get into all of what has been said, because there's, there's a lot of detail that I think is getting glossed over in the way MLB is handling the, the the final ruling on Clevenger. And now what this is doing to how everyone's talking about it, where
2: the White Sox are like,
3: <laughs> you, uh, no,
2: we're not saying anything. You figure it out. I mean, they kind of stayed true to what their whole thing was. We're going to let MLB handle this, and we're going to step back and allow them to do that. And, but then the way that, the, that it was framed was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that was said afterwards, where I, I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Lucas Giolito. Like, I really, really like him, and I didn't feel like he necessarily needed to come back and say something after his first attempt to talk about it, but he did. And I, that's not the team coming to him for sure. No, they that, wouldn't care. Yeah, he's he's a he's a, a sensitive guy, and I think like ah, that may have come off wrong. Let me clarify. So we'll go through all of that stuff. And discuss it. He's Mike Levenger is a full fledged White Sox now,
3: and I think that this is. And it, as we mentioned several times, the way the Sox approached this, it seemed like they had some indication that this was the likely outcome. Right. They just did.
2: It. It seems like they were. I. I don't want to say like tipped off, but maybe because of some of the stuff that they had been told. But I also feel like they there's a part of them that feels burned too. And maybe that's why they're that, that that Clevenger and the agent didn't offer this up to them before they made the signing. And you wonder if had they known going into the negotiation, would they have still gone forward with signing them? So, you know, it's, it's a lot that you can kind of interpret from the way people reacted to it, but Pencil him in as the White Sox' fifth starter, and away we go.
3: That's coming up. We've got Rankin, we've got Diaz, we've got Brandon Fryer and Connor O'Donnell, and this is the Bernstein and Holmes Show with much to do on this Monday on The Score.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
1: are listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: These are Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score.
4: What was kind of your reaction initially when you first heard of the allegations? Was it surprising? Was it kind of shocking? How did you kind of respond Yeah, I'm
0: going to wait for these until later. I mean, we got baseball questions. I'm more than happy to talk about my mechanical changes I made in the offseason to get back to where I'm at. Any, any of these questions, I'm, I'm about... But i got to wait for these, these there anything else about this investigation.
3: Well, that is White Sox starter Mike Clevenger. And MLB has closed for, well, they haven't closed, but they have released the findings of their investigation only to say that for now there will not be discipline. They did leave it open-ended. We'll read their exact statement.
2: Here's what we broadcast live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. So here's a statement from Major League Baseball. Quote, the office of the commissioner of baseball has completed its investigation into allegations against Chicago White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger. The comprehensive investigation included interviews of more than 15 individuals in addition to Mr. Clevenger and the complainant, as well as a review of the available documents such as thousands of electronic communication records. The office of the commissioner has closed the investigation and barring the receipt of any new information or evidence, the office of the commissioner will not be imposing discipline on Mr. Clevenger in connection with these allegations. Now, here's what I thought was really interesting. And I'd love to know how you read this, Dan. Quote, as part of his path forward, Mr. Clevenger has voluntarily agreed to submit to evaluations by the joint treatment boards under the collectively bargained policies and to comply with any of the board's recommendations. MLB will continue to make support services available to Mr. Clevenger, his family and the other individuals in the investigation. Close quote. Well, my
3: first thought is that has to do with recreational drug use that was alleged and maybe behavioral issues or psychological issues, with which may perhaps as a part of this, he has agreed to be open to working on. I also wonder if they are considering the possibility of civil litigation. Mm hmm. And what they would have to do to prepare themselves for civil litigation. When Olivia Feinstein was was on the score and has talked to others, she all she said that all she wanted was for him to, to get, get help. help. Yes, like she was clear about that. She wanted him to get help, and she wanted their medical records and their stuff returned. She said she kept saying, "Get our stuff back." And I would love to know if this was a part of it as well. If, if basically they told him, look, give her her stuff back. I don't know what all the stuff is. I know some of it was documents, medical records, or believed to be some sort of you know, proprietary documentation regarding their child. So I don't know, but the fact that it is open-ended, it would be nice to ask him about some of this stuff.
2: Well, he doesn't seem to be uh, not interested in talking about it because now, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that he feels a little bit exonerated by all of this. But I, I I I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing if you're getting yourself into any sort of treatment situation. And the part that got lost is the part that you just said. When Olivia was on with Parkinson Spiegel, her refrain was, I want him to get help that was her goal it wasn't to take away his
3: livelihood because as she was very transparent about that she and
2: her child are relying on his livelihood right like she she made the point of look like i i understand that i'm 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 putting in jeopardy the financial lives of myself and my child by even bringing forward the, these allegations but i want him to get help so it's interesting that that major league baseball said that and and you know he that that he would volu- hopefully continue to volunteer because this is really I think it's really more about the like you said the recreational drug use but inside of that I would imagine that there is going to be all sorts of things that come up if he really delves into the process of trying to figure out the way that he is what how he is for whatever that means he also put out a statement He said, Mike Clevenger said, in a statement. In fact, Major League Baseball, the MLB PA, put out this statement on behalf of Clevenger. I am pleased that Major League Baseball has concluded its investigation. I had nothing to hide and cooperated fully with MLB. This situation has been stressful for my family, and I thank them for their strength and support. I asked everyone not to rush to judgment until MLB's investigation was concluded, and I appreciate everyone who had faith in me, including the White Sox organization, And my teammates, I'm looking forward to 2023 to the 2023 season and helping the White Sox win a championship this year. So that's Clevenger. The White Sox statement was odd to me as usual. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're getting here. The MLB is like, here are the facts of what we found. Yada, yada, yada. Clevenger. Yeah, I'm happy with the results of what the investigation found, and now I can get on to play with baseball. All of that stuff makes sense. The White Sox statement, here's their statement, and you can judge for yourself, and I'm sorry for swaying the jury. Quote, The Chicago White Sox respect that the joint policies of MLB and the MLBPA govern this matter. We accept the conclusion of the thorough months-long investigation conducted by the commissioner's office with respect to Mike Clevenger. Per the terms of the joint policy, the White Sox will not comment further on this matter. So look, when we first started doing this story, what we heard from White Sox people was, don't ask us anything. We don't know anything. We're not a part of this. We never knew anything. We didn't, we didn't know anything. We were upset when we found out stuff, when we were trying to sign him, this is MLB's show. They're gonna have the final word on it. I would have thought and, I, and maybe it is the policy and they're not allowed. I mean, because that's what it sounds like inside of their statement. Maybe the policy doesn't allow for them to comment on it. I'm not saying that I expected the White Sox to take a victory lap on this, but I thought that there would be a a stronger, we're very happy, you know, and now Mike can focus on playing baseball for the White Sox, which is what we had intended to do when we signed him. Yeah, but it that seems te- like
1: they're
3: hedging. You know why? Because I think they know who they're dealing with. Maybe I think they
2: know that at the very
3: least, this is an untrustworthy character. And to to go full in hard behind him after all this carries risk.
2: Yeah. And 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 maybe they're still a little bit stung by not having the information before they signed him like maybe the White Sox are like you know you could have told us but you you could have let us know and then let us make a decision on how much we were going to pay you and whether or not we wanted to sign you and then we could have been better prepared for all of this stuff and what was getting ready to happen next so I, I I tend to agree with you that there's a an arm's length distance that the White Sox are going to kind of keep with Clevenger. Like, all right, you're not going to be punished for this. Okay. Now let's see how your relationship with your teammates is, how your relationship is with the community, how it is with your, your, your baby mamas, how yep. all that stuff goes. Just go out and pitch. Pedro, Ethan, Have at it. Figure it it out. Have at it. You've got this guy now, and we'll just be over here. Now,
3: Lucas Giolito was asked about it, and the reason why this comes up is this will be. And someone as thoughtful as Giolito, who is a veteran leader of the pitching staff in a lot of ways, is going to be asked about it. And this was an illustration of the difficulty that these things can bring, and the heat loss that it can bring to a team. I think we have Giolito's initial... Comments when asked about this.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's good news for our club because, you know, well, he'll be in our rotation and be able to help us win games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we were waiting for, just for the MLB, MLBPA, the joint, uh, you know, committee or to... to you know do their investigation come to the conclusion they came to the conclusion and now we go from there
4: is it a, a distraction in any way or do you think it still could be or, or no?
2: i don't see it that way yeah i mean we you know we we handle our business in here we take we take care of what we need to take care of and do our best to block outside noise you know that's that's part of being a player so yeah
3: now later after that and let me first say I understood he was being asked about baseball, and he answered it, and I think we know Lucas Giolito well enough that I'm not going to play the, the inference implication game here, and I don't think he meant anything insensitive
2: in any way. I don't. I don't either. I, I think that he's got enough of a resume built up where this is clearly a guy... Who cares about people and things beyond baseball. Absolutely agreed 100%. And yet, Daryl Van Scowen
3: of the Sun-Times reported an apologetic Lucas Giolito said he's not happy with how he answered questions about Clevenger minutes after coming off the field in a game he pitched. Quote, I never, ever intend on downplaying the severity of domestic violence or domestic abuse situations. I obviously answered the question strictly from a baseball clubhouse competition point of view, and it was insensitive the way I answered that, he said. Now, that, that is a Menchie guy mm-hmm. just going out of his way to try to do the right thing, and I understand that. That, that, is, that, is, that is going extra just in
2: case. See, and that's just because he's a good dude. But see, that's one of the things that when we talk about the White Sox, it's part of the reason that I find Lucas Giolito extremely easy to root for. It's because it, of that. It's, it's the opposite
3: of, of Clevenger.
2: It's because of that. Yeah. Like, it, it's because of his story, like where he was. 2018! <laughs> worth pitching baseball! You're know, when Stephen, You're a little too good at that. When Stephen B. Smith <laughs> yeah. uh, proclaimed him such. It, that's why it's such a hard thing to quit because there are guys like that in the clubhouses. There are guys like Lance Lynn in that clubhouse, and, and you go, I want them to win. Like I, I want them to succeed. And this doesn't feel like someone at the White Sox was listening in on the conversation and was like, hey, Lucas, uh, you should probably clean that up. Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball.
0: ha, <laughs> ha.
2: So dramatic it was, but then he turned it around and finished top five for Cy Young and had the two different changeups, the parachute changeup was up here, and then. But this just feels like him thinking about what he said and being like, mm, "Wait a minute, yeah, just let me." I it was just coming off the field. Let me have a second, and that's that's just it's
3: just something that a, a, a grown adult wants to do on the record.
2: Yeah, cool. So, and I appreciate that about him. It's one of the things that makes him very likable. Now, even though we we continue to mention this part of it, now we can start worrying about the is Mike Clevenger good at baseball?
0: I,
3: I'm not. I'm not even there yet. I, I just. I still hate the fact that they put us in a position where White Sox fans have to hope he plays well
2: it just it's so avoidable well they i mean they definitely need him to play well if they're going to be successful like that, that's they need that for sure but now that that part of it at least for now like we don't know if there is going to be it didn't seem like there was going to be a a civil lawsuit but maybe if you are worried about the financial futures of yourself and your child maybe that's the route that you go and it might be a lower level of evidence that might be able to call call for a settlement or a ruling in her favor versus MLB where one could argue obviously the deck is stacked against the accuser because it's Major League Baseball and their players association with one of their players. I also think that it's this is
3: this is what I hope is the case. I hope that Olivia Feinstead's wishes influence this decision. I hope that it's because of what she wanted that it ended up this way in large part, that it is, it was her desire for him to commit to what was was he exact Treatment. Evaluations by the joint treatment boards. And based on everything we heard from her, about everything it had, and whatever is provable and what's not provable, and and all of that. That my hope is that this is the outcome. Ultimately, she wanted, and I hope, and I don't think she signed away or waived the right for any civil litigation, but it may just be that this is how it works out that there isn't a need for this there isn't a need to use for her to seek some sort of justice through the court system now i don't know if any other alleged victims may feel that way or if there were as she reported that there were other people who had been mistreated and felt this way it may not be from from her but the, what would give me the most peace of mind in this is understanding that she is pleased with the way this was handled.
2: Yep. And maybe we'll find that out over the next couple of days. uh, And then we'll see where we are with, with all of it. But that's where things stand. That's what everyone had to say on the subject. My partner has a lot of things to say about what happened with the bulls yesterday. And there was some interesting stuff that happened inside of the locker room yesterday with the bulls that needs to be addressed. So we shall do that. A little Bulls conversation coming at you
0: next here on The Score. Okay, let's do it. Bernstein and Holmes, Middays 10-2 to 2. on Sports Radio 670 The Score, 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 score and 670thescore.com score, 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 score. in and and Odyssey, Odyssey station.
4: station. Are you surprised you guys are in this position with 17 yeah. left to play? Yeah, I'm definitely surprised. Definitely surprised, but I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, we can make, we still got our opportunity to make the most out of it. We just got to dig deep. We we all got to find something within ourselves to 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 make something happen. You know, and, and, and the opportunity is still there. Okay,
3: stop saying that. This team we're gonna it's gonna be like July 6th and they're gonna be talking to the Bulls in a, in a Denny's over a Grand Slam breakfast and somebody's saying you know I I still think we can we got time to put it together well you know the season's been over for two months already I don't know I, I I still think we're just trying to make that playoffs playoffs are playing well they're the same thing no like that right, right I mean just what are we what are you watching what are you talking about what are you doing <laughs> What you do? And with all with all due respect to Stacey King and and his desire for post touches, the other team hits more shots that are worth more. What did the Bulls shoot? 61%? Yes. They had a really good shooting night. They lost at home in a game they shot 61%. Because again, the other team made took more and made more of the shot that's worth more. As Stacy likes as to say, many. as Stacy likes to say, it's a simple game.
2: It's a simple game. Three is worth more than two. The Pacers took 44 three-pointers, of which they hit 36% of them. The Bulls had a great night from three, but they only took 22 shots. They made 10 of them. They shot 46% from three. But it's it's the same thing. And there's also bad communication defensively. Stacy was talking about whether or not you should switch, and trying to figure out what are the opportunities to not switch because of some of the communication lapses that happen. We saw Patrick Beverly and and Caruso; they kind of didn't have the right communication on a switch, and ended up with an easy basket for the Pacers. Watching those games and watching like how they end. The Pacers all season long. what did they they win the season series three to one
3: now? And how so, many comebacks?
2: So now how many double digit comebacks in those? A bunch of double digit comebacks. Now they've got the tiebreaker over the Bulls. It's over. If it does come down to you both are trying like I looked at the standings and like the Wizards are ahead of the Bulls. Like, think about that. Right now, the Wizards have a game and a half lead over the Bulls for the play in. And I do find myself, Dan, going, "What? What am I rooting for? Am I really out here rooting for the Bulls to get into the play-in?" No, you're rooting for them to
3: improve their draft standing.
2: Well, that seems to be where we're at right now. That's even where the where the odds are. I'll I'll find Casey's quote about it on Twitter. But I was like, "Oh yeah, that 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 seems to make more sense that the Bulls are." Here's what KC here's what said.
3: He said right now, the Bulls' current odds to win the draft lottery are greater than their odds to make the playoffs. But don't expect an organizational pivot after the Bulls
2: drop to 12th in the East. They don't need to pivot. They keep, like, the, they're still, they're falling. The pivot's
3: happening whether they're trying or not.
2: Right. Like, no. they don't have to run young players out there or whatever. They, like, they're losing important games to teams that are in front of them in their quest to be in the play-in playoff. How many times have
3: we talked about it? Like, they work, and they work, and they work, and they get it to Vooch, and they kick it to Caruso, and they drive, and they kick, and they drive, and they kick, and they drive, and they kick. And then DeMar leans in, and he hits an 18-footer. DeMar! DeRose! A three-point field goal guy you've never heard of. You know, it's just... Or it's three-point field goal guy who does that for a living, and you didn't guard him.
2: How do you
3: not guard Buddy Healed? Yes. What are you
2: doing? At the end of the game, where Buddy Healed obviously had not been hitting but he's still dangerous right. because he's a shooter.
3: And DeMar!
2: DeMar! The three-point field goal that's worth
3: more than the shot DeMar just hit. I mean, it's, that, that's, it's every day. And it. this is the quote that got me. You want to do fun with numbers? Sure. Here's fun with numbers. Casey Johnson quotes Zach Levine. On the Pacers 44-22 three-point attempt discrepancy, quote, this is Zach. Obviously, we don't have the team that takes a lot of threes. We have a couple guys on the team who take multiple threes a game. But if a team is shooting two or three times more threes than you, it's tough unless you're making a lot of twos. Ah. Okay? So let's... It's tough unless you're making a lot of twos. All right? So check my math on this. Okay. Bull shot 45 of 74. 61%. Okay. Of those 45 of 74... They shot 10 of 22 from three. Correct. So let's remove the three-point shooting. All right. Okay? So that leaves us with 35 of 52. That's a super high percentage of twos. That's 67% hit rate. So where Zach says, unless you're making a lot of twos, it's You're tough.
2: almost never going to have a higher percentage of made twos than that.
3: You made a lot of twos and you lost because the math doesn't work. And you lost because the other team had a dude who was more ready for the moment than your dude.
2: Tyrese Halliburton is uh, a killer. And it's funny. Like I texted Jay yesterday before the post game went on. Cause I remember Jay like banging the table <laughs> for for Halliburton in the draft a couple of years ago. And I was like, "Jay, I just want to make sure I get this right. The Halliburton was your guy, right?" He's like, "Oh yeah, it's documented. That guy is a a is cold-blooded. He he was not afraid of the moment
3: at all. Here is text of the day so far from the 773. 3-point field goal. Guy you could have drafted so you'd actually have a point guard instead of a projected forward.
2: Yep. <laughs> Yep. That being said, <laughs> that being said, that's good. Project Pat yesterday, I loved Thanks. a lot of what I saw from him. But the, the but the problem is that it's never like I even enjoy. Like I, I was getting ready to tweet it, but then Indiana went right down and made a three uh, before I could tweet it. I am actually o-
3: <laughs> field goal before you could tweet. Yes. Yeah.
2: Right. I was yeah. actually okay. There was an a, a aggressive play by Pat, where he got an offensive foul. But it was exactly what I wanted. Like, I wanted, young man, throw your oh, shoulder he into heard somebody's him. chest. He hurt him. Yes. Like, try, he ran him over. That's what I want. And we saw that. We saw him be aggressive in, in moments. In, he had in, one where he fumbled it, too, and he had it. He was going to go up with the
3: left, and it's like, I, 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 once a game, he has one of those. Once a game, he has one of those, like, on the runway, and you get all excited, and he kicks it out of bounds.
2: And he ends up with 14 points. And what one rebound? That's not enough rebounds for Patrick Williams. But at least on the offensive end, I'm seeing him, you know, do some stuff. And I, I he's another one of those guys, man. I'm just like, I want to see him win. I want to see him succeed. And you're like, come on, Patrick, let's go. And then you remember he's still only 21 years old. He's a three-year veteran, but he's 21. And so they were talking about that too. Like that was another thing that came out of the coverage from the locker room that I guess Demar like pulled the young guys aside oh, and no. talked to them about what's been going on with his team and I the young guys are the problem? I mean I get it like if you're the veteran you're trying to make sure that those guys like stay on board and clearly he has a lot of respect inside of that locker room but I swear Dan and I I the word I'm going to use is going to sound like a pejorative and I don't mean it that way there are too many agendas inside of the Bulls locker room, mm-hmm. especially now that you add in the Patrick Beverly stuff. And I know that everyone there wants to win, but I'm not sure that everyone there is on the same page on how to win or what has to be done in winning moments to
4: win. Yeah, and obviously, a- saw you talking to the youngsters there when we walked in is that just... Try to keep everybody on the same page. Or yeah, just do keep think? everybody on the same page. Just understanding moments where we lose the lead, or mental mistakes, or you know. Just, just, just the small details of the game that could put you in, in a position of it coming down to the last shot, last couple possessions. You know, just understanding that, trying to get just a feel, feeling that, and understand. You know, the pros and cons of mistakes made at certain points of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, and just, you know, being aware of that and understanding when that happens, how the game slow down. Just understanding how to get to your spots. Just little things about the game.
2: So yeah, that's what I would expect from Demar. Texas says he needs to shoot more threes, too. He shot four threes yesterday. Yeah, I know that's the number. That's what, what I wanted to be on. I will say, though, that two of the threes were, oh, bleep. Why did someone pass me the ball with two seconds left on the shot clock? Because they weren't getting anything generated from their offense. I guess I'm going to have to pull up from three here instead of try to go off the dribble. It's... I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I was sitting there going, oh, it was a nice day yesterday, like, matinee bowls. Like, great. And then you just see Tyrese Halliburton just snatch your heart. Kalima! 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 S- sucks, man.
1: <laughs> like, it really sucks.
2: Well, we have to
3: get the Sankara Stones? Yeah. Got to do that. Bring them back to Pencott Palace. Kalima. That was Pen- it was Pencott Palace, right? I believe that I think, is correct. I think that's right. Yeah, I wish that were so, so easy to fix these bulls because, like you say, it's not. I don't think it's the young guys, and in some part, I'm not even mad at the individual people involved. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an ill fitting team. It, the the it, this is all poorly designed. They they committed to something that wasn't going anywhere. There's plenty of blame to be spread around, but it's over. This is uh It
2: doesn't feel great. None of it feels. No. Great.
3: No, like there will be in the middle
2: of the summer, and they're still going to be talking about that they can pull it together and everything will be fine. Yeah, I guess that's the case. We need to take a break. Let's talk a little football. Yeah. Mark Grody was in Indianapolis all week last week, and he's going to wrap up the combine. All the things that you need to know and how it affects the Bears. That's next here on the Score
0: Bears.